Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is the Lois J. Wetzel Show, and I'm your host and executive producer, Lois Wetzel, coming to you live this morning from 9 a.m. Houston, Texas, Central Time. I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free, and if you do that, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, and let people know that you were here and listening to my show. You can get reminders of upcoming shows. It's all free. My call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can call using the telephone or Skype. You can listen on your phone or your computer. If you're calling in and you want to ask a question, just hit the number 1 and I'll know that you would like to ask a question. I also want to remind you that I offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics spirituality, the coming changes, all the kinds of things we talk about here on this show. I've been sending this newsletter out for about 12 years, and to sign up for that, you would go to my website, hotpinklotus.com. I do not share email addresses with anyone because your privacy is important. Well, good morning. It's Friday, the 16th of September, 2011. And we're talking today about a couple of things, one of which is that there are a whole lot of people who believe that the end of the Mayan calendar is uh, this October. So the good news about that is all of the doomsday freaking out scared people are not going to know it. (laughs) At least that's, that's my hope and uh, that the date will come and go without anybody getting into fear. And um, it seems to me that my sense of this, and I'm a pretty intuitive human being, is that what happens when the end of that calendar occurs is there is a shift in consciousness. And I'm certainly not the only person who believes this. This is not an end Um, of the world it is the beginning of a whole new phase of human existence there there are many many things that we forgot as a race of beings as a result of the fall from grace many many thousands of years ago which uh, we're going to be remembering it is my belief and that of many others that we'll be remembering as a result of this energetic shift and of the uh, alignment of the procession of the equinoxes and um, our alignment with the cosmic center and the central sun and all the things that uh, this period of time is pointing to cosmically. And I believe one of the things we're going to remember is uh, that we used to know how to do is... um, called immortality. In other words, we do not have to die uh, at 60, 70, 80, 90 years of age. I'm convinced of this because I know that there are immortal yogi masters all over the planet, uh, including St. Germain. He's probably the most famous, that he kept appearing with different names over and over again for hundreds of years and... um, 
is now his location I believe is now unknown. Uh if somebody knows better than that, call in and tell me and hit the number one so I know you've got something to say and I'll be checking over there from time to time to see if anybody's got their hand raised. One of the things that uh, that I believe points to the truth of this, that there are people who've been alive for hundreds if not thousands of years, is uh, the fact that so many people have seen one of them who's called Baba G. He's been alive in many different bodies, having manifested the most recent one, um, just sitting in a cave. He manifested a new body. And he lives in India at this time. Uh, and there's a man who's written a book, the, the guy who is the founder of the rebirthing movement back in the 70s, um, which is learning how to breathe properly and um, remembering your birth trauma and releasing it, your original birth trauma, because it's it's hard to get born on this planet without experiencing some kind of trauma. And I had 10 rebirthing sessions back in 1988 when I was going through my divorce. And um, I highly recommend rebirthing. I don't practice that myself. I don't do it on people. But my experience was really good with it. And this guy who uh, started the rebirthing movement's name is Leonard Orr, O-R-R. And he's written a lot of books. But one of them is called Breaking the Death Habit, The Science of Everlasting Life. It's prefaced by Bob Purcell, who's the author of Nothing in This Book is True, but it's exactly how things are. And you are a spiritual being having a physical experience, I believe is the name of his other book. And uh, he writes the preface to this book. And he also is a rebirthing instructor. But uh, Mr. Orr decided he was going to find out how people could become immortal because he believed it was possible. And so he thought, well, there's no point in talking to anybody about this who hasn't been alive at least 300 years. And in the process of writing this book or before he completed this book, he had interviewed eight such people. And um, he tells us where a lot of these people are. And as you may well imagine, many of them are in India. But um, he's he's saying we don't have to die. All we have to do is apply certain things to purify uh, the physical body. And um, he outlines them in the book, which I think is real interesting. And um, as many of you who are into metaphysics and spirituality might imagine, Part of the problem with aging is that everybody believes it. Part of the problem with dying is that everybody believes it. No, Very few people believe that they could possibly live indefinitely. And so why would they be looking for a way to make it happen? And so um, this man has, though. And I'm going to read you some of what he has to say. Um, This is on page 29 under Spiritual Purification, the Essentials. Aging is created by aging consciousness, sickness by ignorance, and death by mortal consciousness. Our reality is created by our mind. 
both the emotional mind and rational mind can be created and controlled by our environment. We have a tendency to become like the people we spend time with. I'd like to underline that last sentence. We have a tendency to become like the people we spend time with. Uh, There's a new book out written by Lynn McTaggart called The Bond, and this is one of her major conclusions after talking to a lot of quantum physicists in the studies they've been doing very recently, is that you do indeed become like the people that you're hanging out with. Okay, so what else he says is, in addition to being aware of others' influence on our energy body, we need to practice spiritual purification daily to clean the energy body. When we win the game of cleaning our energy body, we become healthier and more alive every year. When we lose this spiritual purification game, we become stiffer and more dead every year. Mastering life consists of the right habits and practicing the presence of God. Practicing the presence of God means knowing that the eternal living spirit or energy is the source of your mind and body even if you can't feel it. God is here with us even when we feel sick or lonely. Depression and anger, even lust and sin, cannot actually separate us from the presence of God but only make us feel like we're separated. As soon as we change the feeling, we can feel God again. When we are feeling God, we feel love and peace, joy and harmony, inspiration, creativity, and wisdom. So many of the things that he talks about in this book, which is not a very long book, you know, it's I read it in one day, it's about 140 pages, 135, um, are things we already know about, like practicing a mantra repeating a mantra a certain number of times, like Om Namaha Shivaya, for example. This uses the power of words and the vibration of the throat chakra to um, dissolve ugly feelings and enable us to feel God, is how he puts it. Practicing the presence of God means feeling peace and love and inspiration, but also remembering and knowing with certainty that this presence is with us even when we don't feel it. It's not possible to exist without this energy being in us because it's the ground of our being. And if you don't like the word God, substitute the word um, universal intelligence or the source of creation or the, uh, let's see, zero-point field. It's another term for the exact same thing. The zero-point field is everywhere. It is that out of which all existence springs, according to the physicists. And that's what is being referred to by most major religions when the word God is used. And where they get into trouble is when they start saying it, making, putting limits on this by saying, oh, yeah, and it's a white-headed, bearded guy sitting on the clouds judging you. That's when they get off track Um, So find a mantra that works for you. Um, He's got a brief list of the kinds of things that we need to do in order to get in control of purification. One has to do with the mind. Take charge of the quality of your thoughts. Where have you heard this before? Because thoughts have a frequency, and they affect you and the people around you. So take charge of the quality of your thoughts. Do a mantra and practice affirmations. 
spend time in meditation, analysis, and wonder. Heal the emotional mind and your death urge. And one of the ways you can do this is with um, rebirthing. It's also you can use energy medicine. There are all kinds of forms of energy medicine that will heal this. Read the great literature and scriptures or the word of God, you know, of your choice. For me, it's quantum physics. Choose life and personal practical aliveness over death. Learn the power of devotion, which he calls bhakti yoga, the power of devotion. Okay, and point number two is air. Learn to breathe energy as well as air. In other words, prana. There are many ways to breathe prana, um, which should be breathed through your uh, pranic tube, which runs the length of your body from your crown chakra to your root chakra. If you extend that tube um, with your conscious mind above your head all the way into the stars and from your root chakra straight down into the core of the earth and alternate intentionally breathing prana or the life force energy in from the top where the stars are and then in through the bottom at the core of the earth and alternate those and allow prana to build up in your body, you will have greater aliveness. And that's That part's from me. What he's saying is learn to breathe energy as well as air. Okay, then master rebirthing, unraveling your birth trauma and the death urge, etc. Master alternate nostril breathing. Where have you heard this before? Where you breathe through the le- in through one nostril and out through the other, and then in through the one you just exhaled through, and then back through the first nostril. Again, this is from Breaking the Death Habit, The Science of Everlasting Life by Leonard Orr. Okay, then there's fire. This is number three. Learn fire purification and the fire ceremony. Build fire into your daily life. Remember that fire is as important to human health as food. And you can do this with a fireplace or, if you don't have one, with candles because fire um, purifies your chakras. A lot of these immortal yogis spend a great deal of time sleeping next to an open fire. Four is water. Do pranayama in the bathtub. In other words, you're going to be cleansing your chakras in the bathtub. You can also do that in a shower. Bathe twice a day. Drink good water. And I have something to say about good water. A lot of people are beginning to realize that live water from a spring is much healthier than this even purified water that comes out of the pipes. Learn the science of cleaning your energy body. Again, I highly recommend energy medicine for this. Achieve peace and relaxation. And sometimes, yes, I hear you. I hear what you're thinking. That does mean quitting your job and doing something that gives your life meaning. Five, earth. Learn food mastery. How much does your body really need? Realize that vegetarianism is a foundation for spiritual enlightenment. Develop a personal exercise system. Develop a divine career and live your divine gifts. You are unique in this universe. This is me talking now. You're unique in this universe. Bring your unique gifts to the world. Okay, the next point under Earth is engage in massage and body work as well as playing percussion instruments. 
percussion are like drums, cymbals, that sort of thing. It's not flutes and stringed instruments. People and love is number six. Be aware of emotional energy pollution and how to best process the energy of others. So here's what I want to say about that. Have you come to the point where you just can't handle being in large crowds and you go shopping when no one is there? You do your grocery shopping at 10 in the morning? That's because you have on some level become aware of the emotional energy pollution from being in crowds. It's important to learn how to process the energy of other people when you pick it up. The second one under people and love is be part of a spiritual community. The third one's going to surprise a lot of people. Be a part of local politics and neighborhood representation. In other words, you we all have civic duty. The fourth one is revere and learn from spiritual teachers. Point number seven is grace. Learn the meaning of devotion. Practice the presence of God. And don't just depend upon grace and ignore the rules. These simple practices seem to be the rules built into nature that produce mind and body mastery. They are practiced by the immortal yogis. They naturally produce eternal life. It is necessary for everyone to learn to live on spiritual strength rather than mind, power, or body strength. So, uh, then we begin. he begins talking about uh, purification. And there are four ways of purification. Earth, air, water, and fire. One of the things he doesn't mention that I think is really important that people have become begun being aware of is being purified by the earth. And, and I want to add something before I get started here, and that is there's a whole new field of study called earthing, E-A-R-T-H-I-N-G, where it has been shown that the body can be healed of a whole lot of things we have problems with by walking barefoot on the earth for at least 10 minutes per day. The electromagnetic force field of the earth comes up through the bottoms of your feet, circulates through your body, and affects healing. That's barefoot on the earth for at least 10 minutes a day. Okay, when he talks about air purification, uh, he says it means to consciously breathe energy as well as air, in other words, pranayama. I'm going to read further from the book, and this is on page 33 of Breaking the Death Habit by Leonard Orr. The simple pranayama that I practice is the pranayama of newborn babies. Infants merge the inhale to the exhale in a continuous rhythm. This is the simplest and most natural pranayama of eternal life. 20 connected breaths is a quick and tremendously valuable exercise that helps clean the blood as well as the nervous system. And he goes on to say later on that conscious breathing is a delight more satisfying than fine food. Okay, he's got a whole chapter on breathing. And then the next thing he talks about is fire. Okay, an example of the sadhus in India who live in a duni, D-H-U-N-I, 
teaches us the value of fire purification. A duni is a small structure in which a sacramental fire is maintained 24 hours a day. When we sit or sleep near an open flame, the wheels of our energy body or aura turn through the flames and are cleaned. The emotional pollution of participating in the world is burned away. Death urges are dissolved by fire and water together as they clean and balance the energy body. Fire is as important as food. He goes on to say that candles can produce a beneficial result, but is more subtle than that from a large fire. So water, just about everyone, uh, there's a whole chapter on fire also. Water, uh, just about everyone in the West has indoor plumbing and hot water, making physical immortality available to the modern masses. As a result, it's easy for most people to bathe twice a day, as is the practice of the immortal yogis. Yes, and this is me speaking. It's um, it's funny, but I've always had the desire to bathe twice a day, and people have always given me a lot of baloney. Let's say baloney about it. Um, but it just feels natural if you, to me anyway. Just bathing twice a day, and now I realize that your chakras are being cleaned by the water in the shower anyway. He says he values hot water bathing as a supreme gift of spiritual civilization. Uh, and he also says that both showers and bathing or total immersion are necessary for this full understanding of water purification and recommends breathing exercises while you're bathing. Uh, Also that oceans, rivers, lakes, and especially hot springs are infinitely valuable natural resources. Breathing in warm water produces different results than breathing in cold water. Bathing daily in water can be a profound act of spiritual purification. Then he goes on to talk about earth. Earth means movement, food mastery, and work. The disciplines of walking around your block once a day and fasting once per week on liquids only may be all that's necessary to achieve perpetual longevity in the earth category. He also says that most people die from oh, more people die from overeating than from hunger, at least in the West. Being a vegetarian is essential but not enough. Fasting once a day, one day per week on liquids, milk or juice at first, and eventually only good water is essential to clean the bloodstream and energy body. He's got a whole chapter on fasting. Also, earth purification involves finding work that you love and loving your work. Work is a supreme service to God, to people, and the secret to prosperity in the world. Prosperity means to produce ideas, goods, and services of value for others as well as ourselves. We receive money from others when we give them ideas, goods, and services that they're willing to pay for. A satisfying career taps the joys of our soul. It involves serving others in a way that covers our own life expenses. He goes on to say that earth uh, yoga also involves mastery of sleep and that um, sleep is an involuntary entrance into the astral world as well as uh, a way to suppress unpleasant emotions because eventually the body becomes such an unpleasant repository of suppression that we deposit it in the grave and escape permanently into sleep. But we re- but we get reborn, as you know. So we can master asleep, he says, by staying awake all night during the full moon as often as possible and by arising each day before sunrise. 
I wonder how many people out there automatically wake up before the sun comes up like I do. I wake up hours before the sun comes up. Also receiving massage and body work and listening to percussion or forms of earth purification. So drumming, going to drumming circles is a way of purifying your spiritual body. So there are a lot of mantras out there. And... uh, You have to be careful which one you choose. Notice how it feels in your body when you chant a a particular mantra. Um, The next thing I'm going to do is tell you about some of these eight immortals that he who he interviewed. Probably the best known is Baba G, who um, appeared to him. While uh, to Leonard Orr the first time while he was right here in Houston where I am. So I'm kind of expecting Baba G any day now. I've asked him to show up. started asking him years ago. I guess he's been busy. Or maybe I'm just not ready. But, okay, Baba G lives in the Himalaya near the city of Haldwani, northeast of Delhi. And in spite of the glory of Baba G, there are people in his village who have no concept of who he is. No doubt there are people who are born, live, and die with a mile, within a mile of Babaji's residence and temple who have never seen him. And, and he says, Babaji can evidently put up with our ignorance forever without disturbing us with, his, with miracles. The significance of Babaji, of God the Father in human form, throughout history is overwhelming for the enlightenment and welfare of all people. In addition to maintaining a local address and being available to people in conventional human form, Babaji has always appeared to people in dreams, in astral or psychic forms, and in physical form throughout the world, throughout all time. I believe that Babaji, and this is again from Leonard Orr's book, Breaking the Death Habit, I believe that Babaji has participated consciously in human history for millions of years. This immortal yogi master is the most intelligent and divine person I have ever met. In his ordinary-looking human form, he dwells the the fullness of God in wisdom, power, and love. He is the embodiment of divine human perfection. He promises nothing but delivers as much as a soul can receive and hold. Babaji has appeared to people all over the world throughout all time. It was Babaji who appeared in human form to Adam and Eve, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and the prophets. Babaji walks throughout the pages of most religious scriptures. His Arati is sung throughout the world. Arati means festival of light. It is a basic worship service of divine songs that is sung daily. The Arati is a powerful tool for self-healing. Every time I listen to it on tape, my mind goes to the center of the universe and back. Um, he also says that this is the one that, about, that Baba G is the same one that the Bible refers to as the angel of the Lord. And that from time to time he just creates a new body. Okay, on page 52 he talks about Baba G and Jesus. You know, Jesus had some missing time, as you all recall. He was missing from about the age of 12 until he was uh, in his about 30 years old. 
And during that time, Jesus spent nine years in Benares, India with Baba G. During the missing years in the gospel record between the ages of 12 and 30, Jesus learned his simple lifestyle and spiritual practices from Baba G. at this time. A book entitled Jesus Lived in India gives the historical evidence for this. Jesus returned to Kashmir 30 or 40 years after his resurrection, where he lived another 30 or 40 years and then died and was buried there. An indigenous Christian church sprung up in Kashmir and has maintained his tomb as a holy spiritual pilgrimage site for 1900 years. This information is well known in Muslim writings, but has been suppressed in the Christian West until recent decades. Jesus became a sadhu, S-A-D-D-H-U, in India. A sadhu is a person who is seeking God full-time. Jesus is the most famous Western sadhu. You can see his simple sadhu lifestyle in the Bible, but not among Christians today in the West. Babaji called Jesus to himself when he sent the three wise men from the East to the birth of Jesus. Giving us a clue is one of the ways that he works. When we search out the meaning of the clue, He rewards us with some spiritual gift or ability, or even himself. After the resurrection, Babaji directed Jesus to work with the Essenes, which history reveals he did for about 30 years. Meanwhile, the disciples of Jesus were spreading his fame and message, which Babaji supported and participated in. The New Testament says that Babaji, the angel of the Lord, was the one who released Peter from prison. Babaji took over the leadership of Christianity. Although Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he was wounded not only physically but emotionally. Babaji encouraged Jesus to take a rest and to go to his next level in spiritual development. This would not have been possible for Jesus had he tried to direct the movement he started, the Christian church. Jesus and Babaji agreed that Jesus was to go into relative retirement and do his own spiritual work. During his time in Israel, about 30 or 40 years after his resurrection, Jesus wrote the Essene Gospel of Peace, which is a marvelous work on spiritual purification. This gospel has been available to the church for 1,900 years, but it has just been made available to the general public in the last century. You can order it in any good bookstore. So, Babaji is the very first um, of the immortals that this book talks about and then there are others and you can call upon these people in meditation by the way and ask for their guidance here's another one and I'm not sure I'm going to say it right but it's Bartrigi B-H-A-R-T-R-I-J-I he's a yogi not a guru he has maintained a local address on planet earth for 2,000 years he's a total master of his body he can look young or old He can adjust the age of his body as easily as you or I can adjust a channel on the television. He doesn't reincarnate. He has an immortal body that he has mastered. Yogis who have this level of mastery have an indestructible body of white light, but they appear ordinary to superficial observation. In fact, in studying any divine incarnation, it is difficult to discriminate the ordinary from the miraculous. Ultimately, there is no difference. Okay, again, this is from Leonard Orr's book, Breaking the Death Habit, The Science of Everlasting Life. Okay. Bartrigi does not call people to himself like Baba G does. 
However, when people go to him for wisdom, he usually serves them in some way. The immortals teach by example, not lectures. They view the mysteries of life as so simple and obvious that nothing needs to be said. Bartriji's ashram is located in the village of Bartara, named after him, in the district of Alwar in the state of Rajasthan, India. It's on the road from New Delhi to Jaipur, near a popular tourist destination named Sariska Forest Reserve. The forest reserve of 100 square miles is actually Bartriji's full home. He is the master of the environment, natural and human. He does a public demonstration of immortal yoga once every 108 years. The last one was 1898. Um, then there was another one in 2006. This book was written before that, though. He um, is sealed in a permanently entombed and encased in a tomb of cement. And at his ashram are seven tombs, all intact, because he has done this demonstration every 108 years for the past 753 years. And he just um, teleports right out of it without ever opening it up. He shows up 108 years later to keep his promise to do it again. Okay, usually Bartriji is not available to the public between these demonstrations. As mentioned, he is a yogi, not a guru. The guru is the teacher. Most of the time he lives his life for himself and for God, not for others. And Mr. Orr apparently has visited Bartriji four times in 1981, 85, 89, and 91. Because of Babaji's blessing, Bartriji has always put in an appearance for Mr. Orr because Babaji told him that he was Bartriji's brother Vikram in his last family. He says, each time I go to Bartriji's ashram, I see more of him and learn more about myself and the infinite potentials of living. He's one of the true heroes of this planet. Bartriji wrote many books 1,700 years ago that are still in print and translated into English. Bartriji, his writings and his ashram are available to everyone. Okay. One of the books that he wrote, Bartriji, Bartriji, yes, is the author of the Bartirahari, B-H-A-R-T-R-I-H-A-R-A, Shotcom, S-H-A-T-K-A-M, a milestone in human literature written when he was only 300 years old. At this age, he survived senility, although he wasn't yet enlightened. So what we're being told here in this book is that senility is a phase you just have to go through. And then when you get past it, you can continue on your path of immortality. There's uh, 9,000 years ago, the Lord of the Universe, the Eternal God, or whatever you want to call him or her, decided to incarnate in a human body, but not for the first time. And he decided he would take over the body of a baby that had been thrown on a trash heap in India. And he took the name Goraknath. Nath means Lord and Gorak means garbage. 
So Goroknoth has been alive for 9,000 years, and he's called the Lord of Garbage. That's another one. It's actually one of Baba G's um, incarnations. He's got more than one going at a time, as do many of us. We're just not aware of it. Most people aren't anyway. Okay. So here are the stages of mastery. First, of to becoming immortal. You choose physical immortality. Okay, you have to make a choice. You become aware of your energy body. That's number two. And getting energy medicine is a really good way to do that, getting sessions like that. Three, learn to clean the energy body with mantra, air, earth, air, water, and fire practices and love practices. Four is do the practices for enough years to actually be ahead of the spiritual purification progress, process so you are healing emotional energy pollution faster than you're taking it on. Participation in the world of mortals, mortals does have a cost. I call it emotional energy pollution, and we have to win the game of spiritual purification. Five, make peace with the guru principle. You may need a teacher. Six, choose a lifestyle that supports spiritual growth and mastery. You may need more solitude. Seven, become sophisticated in a knowledge of the great scriptures of all religions and the great human literature, especially Shiva Purana. The Bible contains the case histories of five immortals plus Baba G called the Angel of the Lord. The Shiva Purana contains case histories of thousands of immortals. Eight, build spiritual community as a personal support environment for our collective healing and physical survival. Nine, find satisfaction in career prosperity and citizen responsibilities. Ten, have a successful relationship with Baba G, the Eternal Father in human form, and make him available to your friends on this path. Eleven, unravel the death urge you received from your family tradition. This is easy for some and difficult for others. Some people can't even feel the death urge until their parents die. But what if your parents become immortal and don't die? In other words, you can do this for your kids. Twelve, heal the diseases of senility. Senility is the final exam to the human condition, a major barrier to physical immortality. Thirteen, actually heal birth trauma, womb and infancy consciousness, the parental disapproval syndrome, and the unconscious death urge from family and past lives. And continuously use the power of the human mind. Healing the emotional mind is our main job in our first century. So, again, you have to heal your unconscious death urge from family and past lives. So you've got to do work on your past lives. Let me know if you want help with that. I do past life readings. Fourteen, Shiva Kalpa, K-A-L-P-A. Shiva Kalpa is the basic rite of rejuvenation, a 12-year course. Okay, then you learn transfiguration. That's number 15. That's dematerializing and rematerializing the body at will. Then you experiment. This is progressive, in other words. This is the more advanced stuff. Experiment with teleportation, astral projection, levitation, walking on water, and so on. 17, master food, sleep, and sex. 
18 develop a conscious relationship to the sun, moon, planet Earth, and and its ecology, etc. 19 master the body organs instead of being controlled by them. 20 be able to heal the body and make it invincible to wounds, diseases, and death, even bullets. 21 master the million yogas that it takes to build a human body directly out of spirit with the mind. Evolution can begin at any point and proceed in any direction. We are wholly the eternal spirit right now, body, atoms, and cells included. So, that's about all we have time for today. I'm going to take a look and see if there's anyone who's called in and has their hand raised. Because it's really hard to do this, you know, read from the book and talk to you about this. And check the computer at the same time. So I don't see any raised hands. I do see callers, but I don't see any raised hands. So at this point, um, I'm going to recommend to you again, this is an excellent book. It's called Breaking the Death Habit, The Science of Everlasting Life by Leonard Orr. And I'm not kidding around. I believe this is possible, and I also believe that this is one of the things we're going to wake up and realize as part of the process of the, and I'm putting this in quotes, the end times. In other words, the end to life as we have known it previously and the beginning of a glorious new era for human beings, including but not limited to breaking the death habit, immortality, living uh, in with your light body forever, raising your physical body's frequency. I believe this is what ascension means raising the frequency of your physical body till it matches that of your energy body, a purified body physically and energetically that will live forever. Let me remind you that I have a website. If you want to learn more about me and what I do, it's hotpinklotus.com, hotpinklotus.com. And um, if you are interested in working with uh, clearing past life trauma, I can help you with that. Uh, Do readings from the Akashic Records. And I also help people by doing energy medicine sessions, either in person here in Houston or at a distance. And since there is no such thing as space and time, yes, long-distance sessions work. As a matter of fact, some of them are more powerful than in-person sessions. I work on people all over the world, and I'm glad to help you with your energy body. This is what it means when you've got work that's meaningful. I gave up a lot to walk this path, but I'm doing meaningful work, work that helps not just me by supporting me, but helps other people. And I highly encourage you, if you have not done so to give up any work you're doing that does not support your spiritual growth and does not support positive living for other people. It's scary, but it's worth it. I've also written a book on past lives, in case you don't know that, called Akashic Records Case Studies, and it's available on Amazon and Kindle super cheap on Kindle because I want a lot of people to read it and really help understand about past lives. A lot of folks report that they've been healed by just reading about other people's past lives. If you're curious about that book on Kindle, Akashic Records, Case Studies. I also highly recommend if you want any work done on your energy body, 
or your physical body, your emotional body, that you consider uh, learning about Edina Energy Medicine. That's all capital E-D-I-N-A. And there's a website, EdinaHealingTemple.com. E-D-I-N-A HealingTemple.com. If you want to contact me, my email is Lois, L-O-I-S, at HotPinkLotus.com. Thanks for being here with me today. And um, I'll be talking with you at 9 a.m. next Friday. And I look forward to um, hearing from you. If you're interested in, in any way, shape, or form, make a comment about this show. Or if you have questions, feel free to email me. you know somebody that needs to be interviewed on my show, tell me that, too. Lois at HotPinkLotus.com. 